Welcome to the Workplace Chameleon. This is Dr. Selena. Thank you for spending a little bit of time with me today. Okay, so today I want to talk about relationships at work. Now, not the kind that I would need to address as an HR uh, specialist in terms of inappropriate relationships at work. I want to talk about the fact that really the way we get work done with and through our teams is all leveraged on relationships. Think about what a relationship really is, right? It is some sort of connection that we commit to, that we engage in. In our outside life, whether it's family or friends or community, we say something like, oh, I don't have a relationship with them, meaning I am not, there's no connection and I am not invested. Think about what those mean for us at work. If we take those outside pieces and move them in, what do relationships look like at work? It is some form of connection that we are formally drawn to because we have to be together. We're in shared space in some sort of body of work. There's some sort of common connection. But the question is, how committed are we to that connection? Just like our personal lives, right? We have family or friends that we have not developed further relationships or maybe painfully disconnected some relationships because it wasn't healthy for us, it wasn't valuable. We That's not where we wanted to put our effort or time. Yeah. So what does that look like at work? In the last few weeks, it seems to be a common theme as I've been sitting in all different types of organizations. And I really think it's a good moment for us to pause and think about what does this look like when we have to put effort into making those connections and committing to some sort of exchange, right? Some sort of relationship. Why does this become a topic now that I'm seeing in, in just so many conversations? And so I was reflecting on that this past week. And often in my own training experience, I've given the example that there are days as a leader, I need to be able to walk out to my team and say, just do this. And I need them to look at me in that moment and say, all right, I will, because she clearly isn't going to explain it right now, but I trust her enough that she'll explain it when she can. And then all the moments that I explain it, I build those relationships. I put investment into that connection, into that commitment with that person so they understand the why. They they know I value them. We're clearly going after the same goals. So when I build that relationship with them, it carries me through the times where I've got to leverage that relationship. And that's exactly what I am seeing now. In our teams, in our organizations, we have a lot of difficult decisions that we're making. We have a number of crisis situations going on within our businesses where we've got to make really important decisions 
And much of that has to do around relentless change or even stress, fatigue, burnout. And when we have any of those difficulties and potentially many more that I didn't even list off, when we have those challenges, that's when we need to rely on those relationships that much more. Well, our relationships this past year has changed. We adopted, based on a pandemic, the previously described appropriate distance to have a social conversation, which was six feet, and now understood that to protect each other, we had to do this combination of things to distance ourselves, to keep each other safe, mask, right? Barriers, partitions, and working more remotely, we discovered We have to work at relationships differently. We have to be that much more intentional about reaching out or connecting or talking through things. We know in our organizations, it changed our pattern of communication, the way we uh, uh, process different aspects of work because much of the physicality shifted. So why talk about this today? You have been gracious enough to offer me some of your time, and I wrestle these last few weeks with why I am seeing in my work as an organizational psychologist so many more challenges around relationships at work. And we know they've shifted, but think about what this next phase is for you. What does that look like? Here's the first thing I want you to do. I want you to take a piece of paper. I'll wait. (laughs) Take a piece of paper and whatever your writing utensil of choice is. And I want you to list out five people that you spend the most time with at work or, and it's not just time. The other option is those five people that either you spend that time with or are most important for you to be able to be successful on the job. So this is, these are people who you've, you need, right? You need them to keep you connected, to keep you productive, to keep you there successfully. There's a variety of ways you could approach this. But one of the ways that I like to consider it is, okay, now what is the status of each of those relationships? And I don't mean Facebook status, I mean, is it healthy? Is it productive? What contributions have you made to it recently? And by just taking a little bit of time assessing, is this relationship reliable? Am I invested? Am I offering something as much as I am asking for something? It isn't always 50-50. In fact, sometimes I believe that it, wrote, it, it shifts numbers for very specific reasons, and that's okay, but are we in balance overall? I look back at the last couple of weeks and I've had conversations with just angry people 
at work who are frustrated and, and hurt by others. I've had conversations with family members who are trying to run a company together and just how long those memories and histories are and how they show up in that relationship in day-to-day decisions with people who aren't a part of that history. And yet other people have to figure out how to navigate in that. I sat with teams that are strengthening their relationships. They have leaders who've seen the need and they're specifically taking action and activity around building a stronger team together. They're communicating more effectively. They're bringing them intentionally together, even in short amounts of time to do check-ins, to make sure people have the resources they need to do the work that's been asked of them. I see all sorts of relationships every single day. Some of them are healthier than others. It caused me then to really consider what does it take to put a healthy relationship together at work? And I think about it this way, that good relationships take time, right? Even in our personal lives, it takes some sort of effort and some sort of time frame. At work, it it means we have to value the strengths of each person, that there's got to be some sort of mutual respect there. And ways that we do that or form that better is even for us to be responsive and to know, to share, to be transparent with others, to be honest and not avoid those difficult conversations. What does it take for you to build an effective, healthy relationship with other people? What could you do with those five people on your list to be even more effective? Show them that you value the connection and that you're committed to the relationship. Ah, It just looks different at work, doesn't it? It takes some vulnerability. It takes that sharing. It takes that time to build it. So recently I had been doing some writing for uh, a session that I had just previously led. And I want to share some of that with you today. It's probably where I spend most of my time. And as I continue to figure out what is most helpful and meaningful for you in this podcast format, I am trying to return to what are my strengths and where, what can I offer you that will be uh, beneficial for your time here. So I'm going to share with you an, uh, a reflection piece that maybe for you, it just might give some additional insight that if you want to build better, stronger relationships at work, what do you need to work on first? There is that temptation this morning, right? Say, you know, Selena, I hear ya. I see how we need to leverage better relationships at work to get this body of work done. Work is really just all about interconnected, ever-changing relationships. And yet, you know, if everybody else would just do this better, 
this would go way smoother, right? You could say that to me. You could say, Selena, if so-and-so would just make more effort or if that person was just more likable, that might be a different episode. But let's take a look at some of those qualities and characteristics that each of us need to continue to manage in ourselves in order to be both a good builder of relationships. And then I'm also going to say relationship worthy. Number one, I take the initiative to start conversations. Think about if this is something you're actively working to do, you're trying to do it, or it needs more attention. So if you like specifics, I'm going to go three, two, one, three, you're actively working at doing this. Two, you try to do it, but you're not quite as consistent as you'd like to be. One, needs more attention. So let me repeat that first statement back out. I take the initiative to start conversations. Building good relationships doesn't mean you have to be extroverted and always a an outgoing people person. But relationships can't form unless you take the initiative to start some conversations. Number two, I look for opportunities to collaborate with others. Three, two, one. How are you doing in looking for opportunities to find connection? I look for opportunities to collaborate with others. Number three, I try to recognize my biases and keep an open mind. We've got to all own our own stuff. And I want us to look for blind spots. Where are those biases and where do we dig our heels in and get stubborn? Good relationships Understand that we still have those, but we're mindful of them and we work at improving them. Number four, I ask questions and try to listen effectively to responses. One of the my ongoing mantras has been in every conversation, there are hundreds of things you could listen for. Make sure you're listening for the right thing. And so we need to both ask questions, but we also need to be really good listeners. Number five, I offer to help without being asked. Number six, I want to learn about other people's experiences, skills, and perspectives. There is something about building an effective relationship, especially at work, since that's what I'm focused on here, that takes a a level of curiosity, of just a desire, at least some sort of motivation to get to know somebody else, to make that connection, to commit to putting in the work. Number seven, I try to be supportive of others in difficult situations. Is that something you're actively working to do, trying to do, but not quite as consistent or needs more of your attention or time? Number seven, I try to be supportive of others in difficult situations. Number eight, I endeavor to provide feedback on improvements instead of just my opinion. Can we focus on that for just a minute? I endeavor to provide feedback on improvements and not just my opinion. There's a difference between giving someone feedback 
Feedback should be constructive. It should help them grow. It should highlight key points. It should help them understand what to do differently next time. I believe we are way too busy these days giving opinions when we should be giving feedback. And leaders, that's especially true for you. Number nine, I want to be as open, honest, and fair as I can be. This is a hard thing with relationships. Do we really tell them the truth? How much truth can we trust each other with? That varies on the relationship and the situation. So this is, I want to be as open, honest, and fair as I can be. Again, opening ourselves up, as Brene Brown would say, a little bit more vulnerable, helps us form those connections that carry us through those tough times. Number 10, I respect other people's boundaries and aim to hold my own too. Number 11, I am reliable and consistent with my work. I accept my mistakes and try to learn from them. Last one, 13, I show vulnerabilities at times so others know that I care, struggle, relate, and more. This is just one way to consider today for those people you need, you rely on those connections. And maybe it's less than five, maybe it's more than five. But what does forming good relationships at work mean to you? Where are those connections and what is your level of commitment? In no way am I looking for you to cross boundaries that are not professional or compromise your boundaries if you've drawn them and they need to be there for healthy, viable reasons. But think about your day-to-day work Now, what investment of time are you making in others? How are you valuing them, their strengths as a person? And how are you responsive in order to make sure that you are committing resources, your time, energy, and strengths to that relationship in ways that are helpful for them as well? As we go through these next weeks of whatever comes next as part of this year, take a few minutes to really focus on what are those relationships for you that mean the most and how can you be a better relationship supporter to others during times of relentless change, during crisis, when we're tired, when we need to make difficult decisions, We need to rely on relationships with others that much more. You can't do that in a healthy way unless you continue to strengthen those all along the way. This is Dr. Selena. On behalf of the Workplace Chameleon, okay, people, let's do this better. Until next time, take care.